Last week, we started this series called Not Today. And we talked about this whole idea that we're in a fight every single day. And we are fighting against ultimately evil. Uh, and there's, there's a particular uh, person that kind of is in charge of evil. His name's the devil, Satan, Lucifer. He's got a lot of different names. But at the, at the end of the day, he's our adversary. He's coming after us. He's described as a roaring lion. Remember that from last week? Looking for people to devour. So he like wants to eat us. Not cool. We don't want to be eaten. So we're fighting this guy. We're in a fight with this guy and all his, all his people, his demons and, and just evil in the world. Man, we see it all the time. We see it everywhere. We, we sometimes can even see us do some evil things in our own life. And so we got to fight all of that stuff. And, and what's awesome is what we talked about last week. We have already what because of Jesus? One. We've already won. Like the battle is done. The fight is over. The bell has rung. The count of 10 has already been counted to because we have already been victorious because Jesus is already victorious. So that's the mindset going into this fight. It's not, oh man, woe is me. Life is hard. Life is hard. I just got hit. Like, yeah, that's true. Life is hard. You're going to get hit. That's going to happen. But you win because Jesus wins. Okay. So that's the mentality. But tonight we're going to talk about some of the actual things in the fight, okay? So in every fight, there's two major components. Y'all know what the two major components of a fight are? Winning and losing. Well, that's the end result. But in the actual fight, there's two main components. Anybody want to take a guess? What's your your guess, Orange Shorts? Well, knocking them out would be a part of one of the things I'm talking about. Yes. All right, red shirt. That's a fighter. Conor McGregor is a fighter. All right, yellow shirt. An antagonist and protagonist. Okay, so opponents, yeah, those are the people involved in the fight. Well, what are the elements in the fight? The actual elements in the fight. I'm seeing a pointed finger right here. Yes, ma'am. Yes. No, you. Say that again. Stronger and weaker, is that what you said? No, no, yeah, yeah, what do you think? Offense and defense, exact words I was looking for. The offense and the defense. So in every fight, there's offense and there's defense. Because if one is, is offensively coming at the other, the other one has to defend themselves. So offense is the things that are going to try to hurt the other person, take him down, Defense is trying to defend from being taken down, and those are happening in every single fight. So tonight we're going to hone in on one of those specific elements of the fight, and it's the offense. And not the opponent's offense, but our offense. So what are some things that we've got in our arsenal to throw at the enemy? Because we're not just standing there like dummies, you know, just waiting for the enemy to hit us. And we're just going to take it all and still be standing at the end of the day. That's, That's not... What we're talking about. Now, will there be moments where we get hit? Yeah. Are there going to be moments where it hurts? Yeah. Does that mean we can't hit back? No. And so here's what we're going to talk about. What the weapons God has given us, what are the weapons God has given us to enter into this fight and actually see this victory that we get to claim in Jesus. Okay, so... Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to look at a couple different parts of of the Bible and what it says. And what's awesome is the Bible is actually a huge weapon. It describes itself as sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts through lies. It exposes truth. 
So one huge weapon is the Bible. So you can go ahead and write that one down. That one's not even in my notes because everything's coming from that. But the Bible's a huge one. But let's check out this story that's in Mark chapter 9, okay? There's, I'll set it up for you. There's a boy that's brought to Jesus. And this happened kind of often, okay? Jesus was known as a guy who could do miracles. He could heal people. Once people realized, hey, Jesus can make people better who are sick or people who are blind, he can make them see. People who hadn't been able to walk, he can make them walk. Like once this stuff started happening, people started bringing people to Jesus. And so this guy brings this boy to Jesus because he's been convulsing and having like episodes Ever since he was little. And so we pick it up. Chapter 9 verse 20. It says. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus. It immediately threw the boy. Into a convulsion. He fell to the ground. And rolled around. Foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father. How long has he been like this? From childhood he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water. To kill him. But if you can do anything. Take pity on us. And help us. So this boy has been having these episodes like where he's literally almost died from falling in fires and water and all this crazy stuff because of this apparent demon that's in this kid. It has been happening his whole life. And so the dad is like, man, if there's anything you can do to help us, that'd be awesome. He didn't use the awesome word, but he's like basically saying that'd be great if you could help us. And here's Jesus's response. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father explained or exclaimed, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked. It convulsed him violently, and it came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, this is the kind that come out only by prayer in other manuscripts and fasting. So the disciples tried to help this boy, right? The the father had brought him to the disciples and the disciples were trying to help him and they couldn't. And so the father brought him to Jesus and then Jesus is able to help this, this kid. He's able to cast out this evil that's in him. And we're not, we're not getting into demon possession stuff tonight. That's not the point of tonight. The point is it was evil versus good, right? It was demon versus Jesus. Who won? Bingo. That's a theme. Keep that in your head. So, Jesus tells the demon to get out. And what does the demon do? It gets out. And then his disciples are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why couldn't we do that? They were feeling a little inadequate, right? They were feeling like failures. They're like, Jesus, why couldn't we do this? So apparently they hadn't been praying and fasting. And so Jesus is like, some some of these demons are going to take more than just commanding them to get out. It's going to take more than just one thing. It's going to take a couple things. And so here's two weapons. The first two we're going to look at are those that we just read at the very end, right? Right there. Prayer and fasting. So let's define those real quick, okay? Prayer. Prayer is pretty simple as far as what it is, right? It's just talking to God 
And as a weapon, it's talking to God about what's going on in your life, giving that thing to him. So if your issue right now in your life, the thing that you feel like the devil's just beating you up with is temptation to sin, whatever that sin is, whether it's to gossip about other people, talk trash about people behind their backs, whether it's to lie to your parents, whether it's to look at something you shouldn't be looking at right now, whether it's to take something that's not yours, whatever the thing is you're tempted to do and you continue to do it and you feel like you're just getting beat up with that thing, God says, listen, throw prayer at that thing. Give it to God. Ask him to help you with that thing. Ask him to help you see a way out of doing that thing. Because those of us that know Jesus, we always have a way out. We don't have to continue to succumb to sin. We don't have to continue to sin. So whatever that thing is that's beating us up, man, pray about it. Sounds simple, right? How many of us don't do it? A lot of us. We just don't think about it or we don't think it really works. But it really does. Jesus just threw a demon out of a boy because of it. So then the other one's fasting. Now, we don't talk about fasting a lot in here. And so I'll give you a quick definition that I think will help you understand it a little bit. It's sacrificing something in order to give that extra attention to God. It also shows and grows your faith in God to provide whatever it is that you're giving up. A lot of times when you hear fasting, you think of food, right? Have you ever heard of of fasting from food, right? Well, if you haven't, that's a thing. You can fast from food. Fasting from food means you you choose to not eat for a while. This is not a diet, okay? This isn't like, (laughs) hey, why aren't you eating? Well, I'm on a fasting diet. (laughs) Trying to shed a few pounds before spring. (laughs) I want to fit into my my one piece. Anyway, um, that's not what it is. It's not a diet. It is you on purpose, intentionally, for whatever amount of time you want to do, giving up something to give your attention that you would normally put on that thing and your focus you would normally put on that thing on to God. And then on top of that, whatever that thing was that it was giving you, you're also showing and proving to yourself that God will provide whatever that thing is that you were getting from that. So let's take food for an example. Let's, I have, I've done a fast before where I fasted for three days from food and all I would do is drink. Like I'd have juice or water or coffee, but it was just drinking. It was no food. And I wouldn't make like a shake and cheat. Okay, it was literally just I would have drinks for three days. And it was just to fast to either fast about a specific thing. Um, and I've done this a few times. So it's either I'm fasting about a, few, a specific thing or, or it's I'm fasting just to continue to grow my own faith in God, to keep my focus on him. Jesus did it for 40 days. He did a 40-day fast from food. Now, you can't do a 40-day fast from water. You'll die. So don't do that. Don't do that. Um, And I wouldn't recommend doing a 40-day fast from food either unless you just really, really feel like God's leading you that way and you talk to your parents about it and you talk to your doctor about it and everybody's cool with it. But I would not recommend that right out of the gate, especially if you've never done it. But the point is that focus, that attention, that time, and your faith growing and your focus being on him. Now, you don't have to do that with food. Some of us put way more attention and focus and energy on other things like video games or TV or a boyfriend or girlfriend or a sport or a hobby. Like all of us have things that maybe we sometimes struggle with putting at the like top of our life as a, in its priorities, right? Like over Jesus, over God. 
And so it's those things we need to really look at it being like, you know what, I need to fast from that from just a little bit. Like maybe it's a day, maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week. I don't know what it is. It's between you and God. But at the end of the day, the point is, it's this offensive weapon for us to use against evil, against the devil, to help keep our focus and our energy all in the right spot on the thing that matters most, which is God. So there's two weapons right there that maybe you're using, maybe you've never heard of of fasting specifically, I don't know. But those are two things you can start to use in this fight. Which leads us to the next weapon, because it was actually mentioned at the very beginning when the dad said, hey, if you can help us, that would be great. What was Jesus' response to that? If I can help. He He was shocked that this man didn't believe that he could do anything about it. Because he said, if you can help. Now, if Jesus is really Jesus, right? He is fully God in a person. Is there any if to if he can do something? Okay, I heard a lot of no's, but do you really believe that? Do you really believe Jesus can do anything? Okay, that's awesome. Because that's what he wants us to believe. Because that's what's actually true. This guy didn't believe it. And so that belief that we're talking about. It's called faith. Like we believe that Jesus can do anything, literally. He can save us from whatever thing is attacking us. He can take out whatever is coming at us. He can win whatever fight we're in. We believe that. And so one of the biggest weapons we've got to throw at the enemy is faith. Our belief that Jesus is who he says he is, that God is who he says he is, and that he is bigger and better and badder than anything that's coming against us. Check this out. In uh, 1 John 5, verse 4 and 5. We read this last week, okay? For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. That has overcome the world. Oop, I missed a word. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is that that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? The only way we're going to have victory in this fight is if we realize that it's Jesus who's winning it and we have faith in him. So with every one of these punches that we're throwing at the enemy, at evil, we're believing not in our ability, not in who we are, not because we're awesome or we're smart or we're talented or we're athletic. Not any of that. Not because we're good. None of those things are what we have faith in. What we have faith in is that Jesus is perfect and Jesus is awesome and he's powerful and he loves us, all of us. Like even the ones, those of us that have like messed up a whole, whole lot. He loves us just as much as the one who hasn't messed up a whole, whole lot. And he is so amazing that it doesn't matter what comes at us. Those punches are going to land and they're going to knock down the devil. And so we can say, you know what, not today. Because Jesus just knocked you on your booty. And he's going to do that every day because he's way better than you are. He's way better than I am. And I'm putting my faith in him. I'm not putting my faith in me. I'm not putting my faith in in you. I'm, I'm putting it in him. And so our faith is a huge weapon. So when you guys start to doubt, man, just remember, Jesus is everything he says he is. He's everything that you read about in the Bible. And your faith in him, your belief in him, 
is one of the biggest weapons you got every day going into every day. Is that belief. I've heard fighters say before, and I apologize if you're not into fighting at all. I'm not trying to get you into fighting. Um, but I do hear fighters when they're interviewed, and not even just fighters, like athletes, um, musicians, people who, who are talented artists. Like if they believe they're about to fail, if they don't believe they're about to create a masterpiece or to knock out their opponent or to beat the other team, what usually happens They lose. They don't create a masterpiece. They don't do well on the test. They don't beat the other team. They don't knock the guy out. It doesn't go well. How powerful is belief? How powerful is faith? It's very powerful. Now, what's key is what you have faith in. You can put your faith in some pretty messed up stuff that you can't really trust. Like if I was to set a a chair in front of you, that my five-year-old made out of, uh, out of school glue and construction paper? Would you have a lot of faith to sit in that chair? Those of you that say yes, this is my example of having faith in bad things. Things that aren't smart. That chair's going to fail you. Like Some of us put our faith in some jacked up stuff that's not going to work. We put our faith in a girlfriend or a boyfriend. We put our faith in... A uh, celebrity sometimes, or or worse yet, we put our faith in a celebrity couple. That just never works out. We put our faith in just things that are going to ultimately fail because everything ultimately will except for God. So he's the only one that actually makes sense to put faith in. And when we do, it's a huge, huge weapon in this fight against Satan and evil. So here's the deal. How is it that we have this faith, right? We have these weapons of prayer and fasting and and faith. And we have the Bible. We have all these weapons, things that we can use to throw against the enemy. But how is it that we can go into this fight and actually have that faith that we're talking about? And, And even what should cause us to have such a belief that we're going to win? Because right now, it's just me telling you, right? It's, it's still you in the ring with this thing that's described as a lion looking to devour you, right? It's not a pretty picture. It's kind of a scary thing, actually. And how, how are we going to walk into this ring and actually have that kind of faith and belief in the weapons that we have to throw at the enemy? Well, check this out. This is... John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And this is Jesus talking. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Because Jesus, at the end of the Gospels, he leaves and go back, he, he leaves and heads back to heaven, right? To be with God. That's where he's at right now. He's at God's right hand, advocating for us. So if you're like, where's Jesus now? He's, he's in heaven. But he sends someone to be with us while we're here. So he didn't, he did leave, but he didn't leave because he left his spirit here with us. And it's the spirit of truth, verse 17 says. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. So Jesus gives us his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be with us, to be in us. So we're not going in this ring alone. 
You're not in the fight alone. You're not walking in there and you're against like this Goliath of, a, of an opponent that's about to squash you. You're walking in there with the God of the universe. The one who made every star in the sky, every mountain, every tree, every person. That's who you're walking in with. The Bible describes God, and I've said this before, describes God as the creator, and the way he created the stars is they literally like came out of his mouth. Now, I don't know what that looks like or how that went down, but do you know how big stars are? Our sun is actually a small star. Like, it's not a very big star. The sun's a whole lot bigger than Earth. It's real hot, too. I don't know if that means God has, like, indigestion or heartburn. I don't know what it means. But he creates stars, and they can just come out of his mouth. Dude is powerful, okay? And this is who's walking in the ring with you. So here's my question to you. Like, how much more confident would you be, right? Let's just say I strap some gloves on you. I'm like, here you go. You're going to put these on, and you're going to go fight that 350-pound heavyweight champion, okay? You're going to go fight Mike Tyson right now, okay? I know he's a little older, but I'm pretty sure he's going to kill you. So here you go, okay? Now, if I gave you these gloves, and I said, go fight Mike Tyson or somebody bigger and scarier, I don't know who that person is, but you go in there and you go after him, it doesn't matter who it is. Just follow the analogy, okay? So you're going against somebody huge, way out of your league, they're going to demolish you. You walk in there with them, and all you've got are these gloves. Now, now, picture that you're walking in with just these gloves against that same opponent, but then you're walking in with the world champion, heavyweight title holder, literally fighting with you. He's bigger than the guy across from you. He's stronger than the guy across from you. He's younger than the guy across from you. He's faster than the guy across from you. And he's a whole lot nicer. And he's coming in to fight with you. How much better are you going to feel about that fight? Whole lot better, right? I don't know how you think about that, but I think like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for him to throw the punches, like the big guy, my buddy. I'm going to let him throw the big punches, and I'm just going to hack at his knees or something. I don't know. I'm going to trip him up. (laughs) I'm going to let him do all the heavy work. Because I don't want to get too close. That dude's going to knock me out. And what's awesome is I can totally do that. And you can totally do that. God's given us permission to do that. Because God wants us to let him fight the fight. So these, these weapons I'm talking about, these things that you can throw at the enemy, they're not really for you to throw as much as for you to give God the control of your life for him to throw them through you. Because when God gives you the Holy Spirit, so he's fighting with you in the ring. I lost the glove. Um, when he's fighting with you in the ring, he's fighting through you. When you go into your school, you don't literally have a physical version of God right next to you. When temptation comes, when somebody is being a complete jerk to you and you have a choice of, do I turn the other cheek? Am I kind to this person, even though they're being a really not so nice to me? Um, 
you have a choice to do that or you, you have a choice to be a jerk back or to be a bigger jerk back to retaliate. And so the, the, the punch you can throw at evil in that moment is to allow God to work in you and to be loving and gracious in that moment. What's interesting about this fight is we're not talking about going out, hey, all of us Christians in the room, we're going to go out and we're going to go bash everybody who's not a Christian. We're going to go tell them how evil they are. That's not the goal. I think you missed that part. That isn't what we're talking about. What we're talking about is we're the people that when we go out into the world and we're faced with these evil things, these bad things, things that are trying to distract you and everybody around you from God, from Jesus, from his love, we are trying to fight that by infusing God's love into those moments, right? By praying about that moment, right? By giving up something that's maybe captured our heart and giving it back to God in that moment. By having faith that Jesus is bigger than whatever that lie is that just got told. These are the offensive weapons we're talking about. These are the things we're going to throw at the enemy to combat evil and push back the darkness. And this is the motivation we have going into the fight. Check out 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We don't do this for us. We don't go into this fight thinking, man, I'm going to knock the devil's block off because I am the man or woman. That's, that's not what we're doing. We're going into this fight thinking, man, God loves me so much. God gave up so much for me. He gave me Jesus. And there's evil in the world trying to distract me from that and distract my friends and my family, people I love from that. I'm going to go out and I'm fighting for that. I'm fighting for Jesus and I'm fighting for the people that I love and that he loves. And so we got to strap on our gloves and we got to get in the fight, not because we're going to go knock some people out, but because we're going to go love some people, we're going to go serve some people, we're going to go pray for some people. We're going to go help people see Jesus in our actions, in our attitude. We're just going to start swinging. And we're going to do it knowing that we win, not because we win, but because Jesus already won. So when you go into your school, you don't have to go in all defeated and sad and depressed. You can go in and be like, man, I know Jesus. And he beat everything that's in this school that could come against me. And I want everybody in the school to know that same Jesus, that same love. So I'm about to fight for him. I'm about to start praying. I'm about to start fasting. I'm about to start just having faith that God's going to do something awesome in my best friend's life or in my friend's life that's in my fifth period that I just kind of know somewhat or that person in my lunch period that sits all alone. I'm going to, I'm going to be fighting for these people. I'm going to fight for my mom or my dad who do not know who Jesus is. I'm going to fight for that friend that I haven't talked to in a while or that aunt or that uncle or that cousin because Jesus wins and I've got these weapons that I can use anytime, any day and Jesus is going to throw those punches through the Holy Spirit, through me and they're going to land and they're going to work and I'm going to get to see God move 
And so when you start to feel like the devil is winning, when Satan's winning in your life or your friend's life or your family's life, you're like, no, 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 not today. Not today. Start swinging. Not today. It's not gonna happen today because Jesus wins. He always wins. And I know him. And he gave me the Holy Spirit and through peace and patience and kindness and mercy and prayer and fasting and his word, I'm going to throw some things at evil and I'm gonna get to see him work and move and people are gonna come to know this love and this grace that I've come to know in Jesus. So you ready to fight? You ready to fight? Let's use one of the weapons we just talked about. Let's pray and then just let's claim the fact that Jesus says, Whenever he promises you something, he's going to do it. Every promise is yes and amen. It's always going to happen. He's never going to let you down. So let's pray together. God, I pray for every single student in this room. I pray for every leader in this room. All of us are trying to be distracted from Jesus, from you. And I just pray that we would fight for our own hearts to be focused on you. And we would continually give ourselves back to you that we would use these weapons you've given us in prayer, in fasting, in faith, in knowing that the Holy Spirit is in us and can work through us to throw these punches, to throw these blows back at the evil one. And we would push back the darkness with the light that you've given us. I pray that students would do that in their schools. I pray they'd be able to do it in their homes and that all of us would leave this place and we would go out and fight with your love and with your grace, knowing that you win. Not because we win, not because we're awesome, God, but because you are awesome. We love you. We thank you that you've won. Thank you for these things that we can use on a daily basis to fight for you and to fight for the ones we love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen.